0: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And
1: thegorillaposition.com. Telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers.
0: Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by the gorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. So, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. We are sponsored by CallerNebbleBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPodcast at the checkout. Also, in partnership with HypeCityVapers.com, where you can get 15% off all your e juice for your vape by using promo code JKPodcast. Please welcome our newest sponsor, Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located in Sault Ontario, Canada. Mention Turnbuckle Talk for a discount on, sorry, all your vape juice and hardware. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Pod. You can listen to the podcast, of course, on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, the list goes on and on. As always, I am Big Joe.
1: And I'm Carl Carafel.
0: All right, Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling.
1: A big week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. A big week, I would say, solely for the WWE, whether it is uh, pay per view, whether it is stuff that could be possibly going wrong, (laughs) but seems to be a lot revolving around stuff with the WWE happening lately.
0: For sure. But before we get to our WWE stuff, there is some other. Wrestling stuff to talk about. And I think probably one of the bigger pieces of news coming out of this past week since we recorded last time is, of course, having to do with
1: Impact and Access TV. Yes, for those of you that don't know, Impact Wrestling is actually owned by a company called Anthem Entertainment. And what has happened here is that Anthem has actually purchased a majority share or majority stake in Access TV. So, what does that mean, Big Joe, for Impact and Access TV as of this point?
0: It, it's uh, I think the way to kind of approach this is th- this is more to do with Access TV and Anthem. Um, yes, it does uh, affect Impact, but you have to keep in mind, too, Access TV, when you look at them as opposed to the Pursuit channel, uh, I mean, they get to more homes, but I it, it, it mean, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a better platform, but it, it, this is more about like I said, Anthem and and Access. Now, as Canadian wrestling fans, this is slightly encouraging because this means that uh, possibility of maybe Access TV coming to Canada finally.
1: It is a possibility. I don't know if you have heard the news yet or not, but Impact is moving to Access TV. Mm -hmm. So for Impact, that's huge. And I mean, yes, we're, we're talking about Anthem Sports and we're talking Anthem Sports or Anthem Sports Entertainment. And then we're talking, you know, because they own Impact Wrestling as well. I think I don't even care about Anthem. Mm-hmm. This is huge for Impact right now and especially huge because Anthem is a Canadian company. Mm-hmm. Impact is a Canadian company. And now, hopefully, as you mentioned there, the possibility of access TV being brought over to be showcased in Canada. For me anyways, that would be amazing because not only does access TV do stuff like professional wrestling, but I am a huge music lover and I'm a huge fan of rock and metal and For those of you that don't know, I have been to a couple of the Rock on the Ranges from Columbus, Ohio when they happened. And Access TV usually has a bunch of stuff happening at those festivals. And one year they actually recorded a number of different performances from Rock on the Range and broadcast them onto Access TV. So if it does come to Canada, I will be so happy because that's something that I have wanted for a long time. Mm-hmm. We're getting away from the age of like MTV and much music showing these concerts, yeah. but yet access TV brings it to us
0: for sure. And of course, now there's the possibility we could see a little bit of new Japan pro wrestling. Cause that is on access TV. Now, because of that possibility there too, that, that that's raised up a really odd thing. That's been kind of going around social media and wrestling fans on the internet and Facebook and whatnot. That, oh, this means that Anthem, that means that they're going to buy a Ring of Honor now. That is just not a possibility that's even remotely true.
1: That's right. I mean, (laughs) for those of you that don't know, Ring of Honor is actually owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Um, Sinclair Broadcasting is probably one of um, the biggest underground companies that there is. You don't really hear a lot about them, but man, they are huge
0: yeah, for sure. And what Ring of Honor is worth to them and what they would be possibly willing to sell it for is just more than anybody would want to fork over, WWE included.
1: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the only thing for Ring of Honor right now, I mean, don't get me wrong, that I feel that they're still putting out a great product, but for most of these other mm-hmm. companies that want to come in to, to, to maybe buy something from Ring of Honor, yeah. it would only be for tapes. That's it. It would be for old stuff from, uh, you know, years ago, footage of some of these stars that have gotten to be bigger and gone to these different companies, even stars that have gone over to impact and stuff like that. I think that's all that it would really want to be for. Mm -hmm. Would it ever happen? I don't think so, because I think Sinclair Broadcasting would really ask for way too much for the company. And reason being is because they don't want to lose that.
0: Yeah, it's cheap syndication that they can put out, out all over the place. And yeah, just, I just don't foresee that ever possibly happening. It's just it's it's something that uh, people have been all crazy about. And yeah, it's not happening, folks.
1: No, I don't believe so either. Let's put it that way. All
0: right. So let's get to what I guess could possibly be our main attraction for this week. Clash of Champions, Carl, before we... Dissect it and analyze it and all that. Just general feelings about the show in general.
1: I will give it a rating of a B-plus, actually, okay. um, from people that have been messaging me, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those social media sites, at TV Talk Pod. Mm-hmm. I've been getting a lot of messages, even personal messages from friends and stuff who have been... Kind of saying that they were a little disappointed in this pay-per-view. Yep. Um, myself, I, I wasn't disappointed in quality per se. Was I disappointed in some outcomes? Yes. But did the WWE kind of turn things around at certain points? Yes, as well they did. So for me, a B-plus show. And uh, I mean, let's get your take on it. And I'm <laughs> sure we're going to delve right in.
0: Yeah, for for me, I will, I will say I'm not disappointed, but I'm not enthralled either. I'll, I'll say I'm somewhere I'm going to be in the, the C to to B, if I had to give it a uh, kind of a letter, kind of a grade uh, overall. Okay, you know, good good solid show, but I, I felt that there were some drop balls. But we'll we'll definitely get into that. So oh, yes, pre-show we had Drew Gulak versus Umberto Guerrillo. I'm probably saying his name incorrectly, and Lince Dorado from the Lucha House Party. This is uh, what you would expect out of a triple threat cruiserweight match in WWE win about 10 minutes. And yeah, Drew Gulak's still a champion.
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing real spectacular coming out of this. I mean, I would I would have hoped for a little bit more considering it is the cruiserweights and they could have done a little bit more uh, cruiserweight style, I guess you could say. But then again, we have to remember Drew Gulak is in that match. And Drew Gulak is one of these. Uh, his character is is a person that says no top rope, no high flying. Let's yeah. <laughs> get back to professional wrestling. Um so I kind of I, I get it I kind of understand um a, d- a decent match I mean the, I can't say anything too too bad about it no um drew gulak coming out as champion again I'm I'm happy with that and I'm okay with it
0: yeah for sure I, I think that um, when I, when I watch that match one of the things that kind of stand out to me is again I'm probably gonna say his name wrong but I'll, I'll just, you know I'll just use his first name Umberto that that kid has kind of a little bit of a spark kind of going on there uh I think given the right platform, that he could have uh, an interesting uh,
1: run there given the opportunity. He definitely can. And I believe that this was actually his um, kind of little showcase, yeah. kinda, he putting himself out there and, and being allowed to show the people what he actually is made mm-hmm. of and what he can do. Did he go out there and do that? Yeah, I think he really did. He did. He, He went out there, he had all the points, he did everything as he should. Everything looked good from what I could see anyways. And yeah, I mean, I was happy with his performance. Mm -hmm.
0: So next up we had, I gotta say this is gonna be one of my more kind of down, more weird type of moments in the show. We had on the pre-show, that's correct, on the pre-show for the United States Championship, AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander. AJ, on the pre-show, didn't see that coming. I don't think I called that. I don't know if you would have called that, Carl.
1: I I didn't see this being on the pre-show either. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do I get it? Yep, yep. You know what? I do get it because, I mean, we had the cruiserweight and then we had the United States championship on the pre-show. I, I get it because they're trying to put a lot more emphasis on the intercontinental championship, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to put more emphasis on to this, uh, women's tag team championship. Um, I mean, really from, from, from the list that's here, I mean, yeah. maybe you could have done, uh, the, the SmackDown yeah. tag team, that would be my you know, on him. the pre-show. Um, But even then, like the two names that are there with the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, even those two names, like you're looking the new day. Yeah. Right. And then people are going to be mad because the new day was, you -hmm. know, on the pre-show. And then, I mean, it's 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 really hard yeah, and especially somebody who's who who's going out there and trying to book this show to, to really <laughs> try to figure out who is relegated to pre show, I guess. Um The show just had one pre show match and everything else on the main on the main card. They could have, but yeah. I mean again I come back to what's the pre show? Yeah. The pre show is the build up to the main show. So If you, as somebody who has not watched the product in a while or somebody who has never watched the product, went out there and only saw the Cruiserweight Championship on an hour-long pre-show, would that have hooked you to get the pay-per-view? This particular pre-show,
0: I I will say not so much.
1: Okay. Not so much. So adding in one of the top-tier names within the company, AJ Styles... Uh, a name that that I feel, at least, is pretty much a household name for those who have, you know, seen anything professional wrestling. Yep. So then you have AJ Styles on the pre-show. Then I'm going to be calling up my buddies going, dude, AJ Styles happening mm-hmm. right now. You need to watch this yeah. match. That's what's going to hook them into buying the pay-per-view or ordering the WWE Network. Yeah. Whatever. Right so i get it i i do do i it's 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 so hard yeah. it's so hard because i mean the new day could have done the same yep right i get that but i don't know i think aj styles was a better choice to mm-hmm. have as that last match on the pre-show going into the main show yep. was it too short yeah Yeah, it was way too short of a match.
0: I was just going to get to that. We mentioned uh, this company earlier, Ring of Honor. We have AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander, two real standouts from their times in Ring of Honor. High octane, you know, good, um, length matches, less than five minutes of a match. They had the second shortest match of the evening, um, which I mean, we'll get to the shortest one, but uh, yeah, two and it, it looked like they were pushing Cedric Alexander too. And of course, AJ, as you mentioned, a household name, you know, relegate to a pre-show match under five minutes. Um, I would not have, like I said, wouldn't have called that. And uh, yeah, it just, it left, um, it just had felt really odd to me
1: overall. Yeah. I mean, having it only less than a five minute match w- for me was odd. Everything else, really not so much odd. I mean, yeah. seeing AJ on a pre-show, I, I totally get it. I mean, I, I gave, you know, mm-hmm. my feelings on that just a few minutes ago. But, yeah, I mean, I wish the match had gone longer. Yeah. That's about it.
0: I'm curious how AJ feels being on that uh, pre-show car too. I'd be really curious to know how what his sentiments are.
1: But given uh, <laughs> the type of person that AJ Styles is, yeah. I'm sure that he was perfectly fine with it. Yeah. AJ Styles is probably one of the most humble people that I have ever heard about. Sure. So for him to say, I'm on the pre-show, yeah. awesome. I'm still on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm the United States champion. Awesome. I have a championship. Great. Right. Yeah. So I, if, from what I have seen of who AJ Styles is, yeah, I don't think he cares at all. This was perfectly fine for him. <laughs>
0: Going from that, Carl, we had for the Raw Tag Team Championship, this of course is the first match of the the full-on show here, we had the current tag team champion, well, at the time, the current tag team champions, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman versus Robert Roode. I mean, I still can't really get used to calling him Robert, I mean, I used to call him Bobby Roode uh, mm-hmm. and Dolph Ziggler. Um... This was another bit of a weird one for me. And and I think this has to do with these thrown together WWE tag teams with Seth Rollins and Braun Strum is what I'm speaking of. If you watch this match, of course, these two were set to have a match later on in the evening. It it was really odd watching two guys that were going to be in a match being a tag team together. And when you watch the, the mannerism of the other person in the corner watching the action happening in the ring, Seth especially was really kind of overselling and really kind of overreacting and, and smiling and go yay on that kind of stuff in that position it, it it felt really kind of disjointed and and took me out of that whole thing it felt like they were
1: really trying to overdo that part of that I would have to agree uh to a certain it felt point odd. I mean yeah I, I mean this this was just I think Seth Rollins, I mean, they, he went into it knowing that they were dropping those tag belts. Like, that was yeah, just... Yeah, we saw that right. coming, yeah. e- Everybody could see that. You, yep. We knew that that was going to happen. Um, whether, I mean, we talked about this on, on the last podcast as well, right? Whether it was going to be a screw job or, or, or what have you, uh-huh. which none of that actually happened, no. which was was actually pretty cool. I'm glad that that didn't happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, I... I don't know if this was just like like a like a joke mm-hmm. to AJ or to uh, Seth Rollins, um, but yeah, like you could definitely see that he was just like yeah, whatever, nah, I don't care, whatever.
0: The match itself, I thought was really was actually quite good. It was just all the the psychology and the, the little subtle stuff kind of going on underneath the surface that that took me out of it.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, the match itself was was great. Yeah, and it was I mean, fun, yeah. I think Seth Rollins was the only thing in that entire match that really took away from it. Um, Braun Strowman, I mean, you could see, you know, like he, he looked like he was really into things. He, he looked like, like, because they, they, they built up this whole, he wants to keep a championship belt and he doesn't yep. care if it's the tag. Right. So he was like really like, putting his arm out there come tag me really hyping Seth Rollins up and really trying to get him going and stuff like that right so I mean it came across as as Braun Strowman being very genuine in his attempt to try to get that tag and try to get Seth Rollins to really revive so that you know they could win this match Mm -hmm. and then you had Seth Rollins that just looked like he was doing a job
0: yeah to a certain extent, I, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, again, uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler uh, winning the match—I I, I thought that part of it was really cool. Just as I said, uh, just the uh, the little intricate stuff there that you know, maybe not so much that the the average of the casual person is picking up on, but as as podcasters and as lifelong wrestling fans and people who analyze this stuff, it, it really stand, it really stands out
1: to me. It definitely does. Um, you know what? This pairing of Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, I'm loving it. I dig it too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yep. Yeah.
0: So going from that to, at least for myself, I'm not sure what Carl's feelings are going to be on this one, but I thought this was another weird match for the evening and not so much just the match itself. Uh, I mean, it, it was the shortest match in the evening at three minutes, 45 seconds, which is uh, an issue in itself. My big issue with this Carl is Bailey's entrance. Why? Explain that. I will explain. Bailey is a heel, correct? Yeah. And she's coming out to her babyface music. As she's walking mm-hmm. down the ramp, she uh, she's still high fiving the fans and still has the wacky waving arm inflatable two men guys going. This is not behavior from a heel wrestler, Carl. Why not? Because she's a heel. She's not a babyface, but she's acting Drunk like the a baby clown. F-
1: came out to clown music.
0: Yeah, but you could tell beneath the surface that there was still,
1: there was still an evil guy there, right? True. Th- th- this doesn't work with Bailey whatsoever. Who you're talking about? Bailey high fiving people. Who did she high five? Her super
0: fan and a couple of the other people.
1: And what were they all wearing? Her same outfit. That's right. Yeah,
0: that's she not something that a heel does.
1: Absolutely, no one else.
0: A heel, like goes to high-five the fans or something and then like fakes them out or, you know, taps them in the forehead or something like that, you know, it, it just, and you could hear the, the the mixed reaction from the crowd, not just for Bailey, but for Charlotte, people are so confused and don't know which way to go on either of these two at this point because I don't know, I, Charlotte I think- should be the one who's the heel and Bailey should be the one that, that's a good, the good, the roles are backwards here in this particular case. Well just even when I'm per- you look I'm at it perfectly fine with it. I I think yeah.
1: Charlotte is is doing just fine, doing whatever she's doing right now and I think that Bailey is doing a perfect job right now of yeah. being this uh heel character that is still you know, she she still has her fans. So she she's making sure that her fans are acknowledged. I would do the same thing. I did do the same thing. I was the extreme Canadian Carl Karrafel. When I wrestled in the United States, if there was somebody there that was wearing something Canada, I would high five them. Of course I would. But even just if somebody, me- if somebody was there and, and they started screaming at me, I would ignore them or I would go up to them and then I would no. do that little heel thing. But nobody was screaming at Bailey. Nobody was making fun of Bailey. Nobody was doing any of that.
0: At, at, right? the very, at the very least that music if, if they're going to do an extended run with her as a heel they need to change that music up That that's not music that a heel comes out to that, that's like happy go lucky kind of sunny music uh, 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 a heel or a bad guy or a bad girl in this case doesn't come out to happy up music Just that's just not the way it goes Sammy Zane
1: Sammy d- Zane I don't think that, that works for, for him either happy go lucky up music He's a heel right now. Yeah. Uh, for, it for, works. Yeah.
0: I I, I, I disagree. Well, <laughs>
1: well, he's still got the same Don't music. Why does yeah. he need to change the music? Yeah, Everything,
0: uh, it's working. I'm, I'm, he's a
1: heel and it's working.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's the old school wrestling fan with me. For me, the music is such an important part in your, your character. And if you're going to become a bad guy or a bad girl, you got to change it up to, to match that mood there. And I think that with Bailey, at least, uh, that, that um, keeping that same music just for me doesn't work.
1: Well, sorry about your damn luck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bailey getting the wind over Charlotte Flair. Three, th- less than four minutes for this match. This overall just didn't do anything for me. Really didn't do anything for me. I, I thought that, you know, they could have done so much
1: more with this. You know what, they, no they they could have. Definitely yeah. they could have. But again, we're we're talking about and and you're seeing Bailey as the he the, the heel that is mm-hmm. all uppity. Um, this is just one extra little nugget of information in this grander scheme of things that Bailey was able to go out there defeat the Queen, Charlotte Flair, in less than four minutes. That makes her a little bit more dominant than some of these other people, which is just kind of adding a little bit more fuel to the fire for Bailey and allowing her to kind of open up more to this heel persona that she's got going on. All I will
0: say is, if they're going to continue, at the very least, put some angry faces on those inflatable two men. All I'm going to say Okay, going from that to our other tag team match for the evening, we had The Revival versus The New Day uh, being represented by Big E and Xavier Woods. Again, this is a really good, solid tag team match. Um, Probably one of my better ones for the evening. It's always fun to watch Big E in the ring. I don't know exactly what your feelings on Big E, Carl, but uh, whenever he gets a chance to to work like that in the ring, I'm happy.
1: With... Any of these four guys. I'm mm-hmm. happy to see them in the ring. Yep. Even if we see uh, months-long matches with these four guys, yep. I would be okay with that. They all know how to work so well in that ring. They have just a little bit of a different contrasting style to them. We're talking New Day with all of this you know, new school type of, of activity and hype and stuff around them. And then you've got... Uh, the Revival, who is a lot more old school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the, they bo- they all just work together so well. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy with not only the match, mm-hmm. but the outcome of this match as well. And just everything about it just really spoke tag team wrestling to me.
0: For sure. And when I look at everything else that we're going through in this particular show, uh, this is actually my match of the evening, believe it or not. So this one, that's the one that I enjoyed the most. Having said that now, I'm going to bring up something that we actually had as an individual topic originally for this podcast, Carl. I think I'll bring it in at this point because there was some stuff going on and whatnot. Corey Graves. I don't know what your feelings are on on him right now, Carl, or or even our listeners. I'm at the point now. I I can't stand this
1: guy on commentary. It's awful. I wouldn't necessarily say it's awful, but I think that him and Renee Young really need to either have a sit down yeah. or or something, but they really need to kind of get on the same page um, and, and they need to realize that they're not the head commentators. Mm hmm. Corey Graves, you are not Corey Graves. I'm talking to you right now, right. <laughs> Corey Graves. <laughs> you talking to you are not Corey Graves. You are not the head commentator. No. Please get that into your head and understand that you are not the head commentator. That's what I have to say on that. Um, yeah, Corey Graves just overtalks people all the time. Mm. It's very frustrating. Uh, I mean.
0: Mm. yeah I, I get great. what. stop it I get what he's trying to do he's trying to do the Jesse the body venturer angle but you're you're not coming off as just somebody who's taking jabs at the other person the way that he's doing it you're just coming across as a dick and <laughs> no. you know you're gonna say jerk <laughs> and and it's making Renee look bad because she doesn't know how to come back to that stuff so of course they're feeding her stuff and it, it just it, we mentioned it before it comes across as. Two old people fighting over um, a little cup of pills at the old folks' home. That, that's totally how the two of these and the, the dynamic and the way that they go about it, that's how it, it comes across. And as somebody who's watching the, the stuff, it, that part of it, it's a turnoff. Right? When I hear that going on, I'll, I'll keep it on, but I'll put it on mute because I don't want to hear that crap anymore.
1: It's just terrible. There were a couple of times I can't remember exactly what what they were, what was said, or anything like that. but the wife was actually watching the show yeah. with me last night. And um, there were a couple of times where commentary had happened, and she actually snickered, and she's like that 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 was good. Yeah, and she laughed at some of it, right? But that was only like twice throughout mm-hmm. the entire show that she had said something yeah. positive. Because something had come across a little funny. Everything else, she, she I mean, she was, she was kind of sitting there going like, <laughs> does he ever shut up? Yeah, really.
0: Yeah. It, it's just, it's one of those things I think that, I, I don't know what you can honestly do at, at that point, at the, sorry, at this point with, uh, with that whole thing. Cause I mean, they're kind of stuck with who, who they have, you know, maybe like you said, just sit them down and be like, Hey, do it, do what uh, you're told to do and Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a weird thing. I just said that it comes across so so bad, and it just it, it doesn't feel natural. Just it, it's just bad all the way around. I don't I don't know and, who who else you can bring in there, or just cut it down to maybe two people. But just uh, it it's it's too crowded there too. I think the three man, the three person booth in WWE, I don't think works anymore. I think they need to you, go back to two.
1: And you know what sucks about this entire thing? Yeah is that we had to listen to Corey Graves the entire night. (laughs) Yeah. Because he was calling for both Raw and SmackDown. Yep. I agree.
0: So back to uh, to the card here, Carl. Uh, Next up we had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Mandy Rose and Sonny DeVille for the Women's Tag Team Championship. For me, the big standout here, and I don't know what was kind of going on here, but I don't know if maybe Alexa Bliss had maybe some kind of injury or something, but Nikki Cross, uh, kind of the hero of this match here.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what they were looking for. She,
0: f- she got a chance to showcase and uh, fans are clearly digging it and she even got the, the pinfall for the win. Now, typically when something like this happens when uh, the other person has to kind of carry the majority of it, I don't know if it means that maybe she has some kind of little minor injury that they're trying to protect. But uh, yeah, this was Nikki
1: Cross's match there is absolutely no injury or issues with Alexa bliss yeah. that I'm aware of right now. Mm-hmm. I do know that this is something that they have been looking to do for a while. And that is showcase what Nikki cross can actually do. And this was the perfect opportunity to do it. Considering the little feud that's been going on with Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville throughout this entire program with the four of them. Yeah. So now have Nikki cross go out there be the majority player in the matchup and to get the win is huge and monumental and speaks of volumes to what they're trying to do with Nikki Cross.
0: Mm -hmm, For sure. So going from that to, Another kind of odd one for me here, and this one definitely didn't uh, turn out the way that I wanted it to, Shinsuke Nakamura with Sami Zayn at ringside versus The Miz for the Intercontinental title. At least it wasn't on the pre-show like we had possibly predicted there. This is an odd one. First of all, I will say this, um, when they had Sami with the, the microphone out on the outside, that didn't work for me. And once again, Shinsuke Nakamura... What 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 has happened to him since coming into to NXT with all this fanfare and that match that he had with Sami Zayn that just it had that real kind of aura and that coolness factor of it? Man, this guy is about as cool as you can possibly get when it comes to being uh, in the top company in the world. This this guy's got nothing.
1: I am so happy with <laughs> what Sami Zayn was doing yeah. on the outside with that microphone. Yeah. That, to me, went back to old school Jimmy Hart with the megaphone screaming and talking to his guys. That's exactly what it reminded me of. And I was so happy with it happening. Could he have brought it back a little bit and not been consistent on that microphone? Yes. Should they have turned that microphone off? No, I don't think they should have. They should have let him continue doing that. Why not? If Sami Zayn is is not able to get into the ring or do whatever right now, have him be this like Jimmy Hart type of guy who goes out there with his man, mm-hmm. right? And and starts doing like it, it worked for Jimmy Hart back in the day. Why can't this work for Sami Zayn? I think it definitely can, and I think it was a great disservice to turn that microphone off.
0: Uh, this is one of those things where we, where we definitely disagree on. Uh, I, I think that that works for certain people in certain circumstances, but it just didn't feel necessary in, in this case. Uh, like I mentioned, for me, the bigger thing, though, is uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, I, I really wish that Miz could have gotten the win in this because I think he's going be a much greater Intercontinental Champion. Nakamura just, fall for me, just fallen so flat lately. And not just recently, just since coming up to this main. Uh, Roster just hasn't done really anything for me at all. And it's it's a damn shame because I'm a big fan of the guy.
1: I've heard rumors, and I'm thinking that this could be something that is true. I'm hearing rumors that Shinsuke Nakamura's contract is coming to an end and that he has had talks with the WWE saying, I think I need to go back to New Japan Pro. I think he does. And I think the reason why they are now throwing this belt at him and trying to give him this little push is for them to go no 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 we we have we have stuff for you here's a championship here's Sami Zayn you don't need to do any talking we'll hype you up we'll make you a big star just so that they can keep him so that he signs another contract
0: yeah who knows man he's getting up there in age too so you know he could be in that AJ Styles kind of scenario too where this could be maybe his last wrestling contract so Um, Yeah, time will tell with that one. Uh, I'm disappointed with the outcome. I I would have much preferred Miz um, get the title back on him.
1: I think if they play things right, they can really make things work for Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. They just need to let Sami Zayn be Sami Zayn. (laughs) And I think that, I mean, I, I think he can totally rock this whole manager type role. Yeah. But they have to let him do it. Yeah. That's the thing. Now, Sami Zayn, I'm talking to you, right? Now. You did phenomenally with that microphone on the outside. You just went a little too overboard. Yeah. Okay, dude. <laughs> from, from one Canadian to another, man, you went a little overboard with it. Yeah. Tone it down. Bring it back a little bit <laughs> and you will have gold.
0: With Nakamura just? I mean, we just have to look at at uh, the rest of them. I just don't trust WWE creative with their with their Asian talent at this point. Don't trust them. Every other one they have misused and are really doing nothing with uh, Asuka, I know that uh, we're not necessarily fans of her, but uh, one of their main women Asian talents, not even on television. Uh, Kari Sane, they seem to have seemingly given up on her. Yeah, they just. Um, I don't know what it is. They just they they don't seem to to work well with the Asian wrestlers, some kind of culture gap or what's going on there. I have
1: no idea. Yeah, I don't either. And I mean, with Shinsuke Nakamura, like the guy is more talented than, than most of the guys on the rosters, big toes. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that they are kind of, I guess, essentially dropping the ball when it comes to Shinsuke Nakamura so much talent in that guy i wish that they would you know let him showcase himself a little bit more Mm -hmm. um go to maybe a little bit of that strong style uh the japanese strong style and and kind of work with that a little bit more and showcase what he has done in new japan pro inside a north american ring um Like you said, though, I don't know if it's a disconnect between the cultures or anything like that, but I don't know. It's really weird. I mean, they they, they have gold here with Shinsuke Nakamura, and I hope that they really maybe turn things around a little bit and do some good stuff.
0: Yeah, I agree. So going from that, we had the other women's title match between Sasha Banks and uh, Becky Lynch. Uh, This was... Pretty good for the most part. I'm really torn on the outcome of it, though. I I, I I get it, but at the same time, it was after a 20 minute match to kind of in that way. Yeah, I was a little bit bummed.
1: I wasn't at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, and it,
0: it felt too. And I get they do, do this with the Becky Lynch character once in a while, but again, we had Sasha who is the bad guy, and we have Becky who is. Usually the good guy, but can be kind of uh, the bit, kind of a bit of a tweener there. Getting the disqualification on on this, so it, it was to me that just uh, the roles felt a little bit reversed there. But overall, a pretty decent match.
1: Well, I I wouldn't necessarily say that they kind of reverse the rules at all with anything. I mean, Sasha Banks tried using that chair on Becky Lynch first. Yep. Uh, You know, you, even as as, as a a good person, if somebody tries (laughs) to come after you with a chair, what are you going to do? You're going to retaliate. You're not just going to stand there and be like, oh, dude, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay that you just tried to hit me with the steel chair. It's perfectly fine. Thank you for that. No, you're going to be like, screw you! You tried to come at me. Yeah. I don't care how good of a person I am. I'm going to grab that chair and I'm going to make sure that you're not coming after me anymore. Yeah. That's exactly in my in my view, anyways. That's exactly what happened. So then Becky Lynch gets disqualified for it. Yeah. Totally understood. But I, I, I don't even but all of that. The highlight of this entire thing for me was after this match hmm. where they continued to fight. They took it into the stands. They took it to the crowds. They took it up the stairs. They took it to concession. They took it back into the stairs again. They yep. took it and they they were like falling into fans and fans were loving it. And then they made it back to the ring and then officials came in and the crowd was chanting, let them fight. hmm the crowd was loving it. Yeah. Loving this. True. And I was loving it too.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I've been, since the, she's gone to this character with the Becky Lynch and the man thing. And right from the beginning, I wasn't a big fan because I, I feel too much like they're just trying to get her to be the female stone cold and trying to copy him too much. Even with these promos for the new game now where they have her giving him the stunner and whatnot. I I get it, but at the same time, it just, it, it feels like the, just, just let Becky be Becky instead of, you know, trying to make her into this female stone cold character. I know it works for some people, but for me, it just, it still feels a little strange. And, and them going into the crowd and stuff and whatnot, this goes back to a topic that we had I don't know how many episodes ago of repeating stuff during the same shows, but when you, when you do this going out into the crowd and the hardcore stuff in a match that wasn't even a no DQ match to have a no DQ match later, you know, when we're doing multiple of the same things in different matches, it gets a little bit repetitive. And I think that people weren't as into this Roman Reigns match, which we're going to talk about later as much as they could have been hadn't they done this stuff earlier.
1: I think you were totally off base with that entire thing. So you 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 are thinking way too much into this, <laughs> way too much into this. I don't like seeing repetition on the same show, man. There's repetition on every show. There's a pinfall, one, two, three oh, I on every show. I There's understand. a roll up on every show. There's a super kick, multiple times on every show. It's it, it happens. Yeah. And so so because these two now are are super pissed off at each other. And it's been evident over the last three weeks that they've been building up to this program mm-hmm. for it to explode the way that it did was yeah. perfect. And, and and people are going to complain because, oh, well, they did a no DQ match on the show. So I think it took away. For, it took nothing away from it, damn it. <laughs> nothing at all. Yeah. I think you are definitely looking way too far into this. And y- I, I don't know. You just need to... Y- you need to get rid of your, your your mind for a few minutes here and just maybe go back to the days where you were a fan and yeah. enjoyed watching the show. I think if you were to do that, and, and not just you, Big Joe, but I'm talking anybody hey. who has kind of th- those same sentiments, stop being so overcritical with crap and just be a fan and watch the show as a fan. Be happy about what you're seeing these people put their bodies through yeah. day in and day out for you. Without being so critical about it. Hey, it, it, it's our job to be critical, and with uh,
0: WWE and the as disjointed things are. I mean, I've always, I've stated before, I, I will not sugarcoat, and I will, I will call things exactly the way that I see them.
1: That's right, and I totally get that. <laughs> and I mean, unfortunately, like like you said, that's the way that you're yeah. seeing them. Right, Vir- I'm seeing them in a totally different light. Virtually, I think that everything was perfectly done when it came to this this blow up of mm-hmm. things with uh, Sasha Banks and uh, um, Becky Lynch, and like it just it culminated into a fight, mm-hmm. which is exactly the way that I would have loved to see it, and that's exactly what happened. I was so happy with it.
0: So, like I mentioned before, with virtually every other professional wrestling company in the world out there, I can sit back and enjoy as a fan because just the, the match is usually. Feel a lot better. They the the, the storylines either aren't overdone or or don't feel r- really odd. With WWE, just uh, it, it's like a like you kind of hinted at there. I'm I'm conditioned to kind of go in with a negative mindset because they've programmed me that way. You know that they, they've had me down for so long that yeah, I'm critical on them. And I'm brutally
1: honest. So these other companies that you talk about that you you know seem to be okay with and mm-hmm. stuff like that, how long have they really been around for? Yeah, that's true. And right. And yeah. then we're talking the WWE that has been the global force in sports entertainment mm-hmm. as they claim. Yep. For what? Over 50 years. Yep. I mean even even television shows like The Young and the Restless that have been on forever mm-hmm. repeat stuff. Yeah, because you you're not able to continue to write new stuff, new stuff, new stuff, new stuff all the time. You gotta rehash something once in a while to 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 get something that's going to, you know, appease to the fans. Yeah. And this is exactly something that I think went out there and appeased to the fans.
0: So next up, Carl, we had for the WWE Championship, we had Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. What did you think? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't do much. This didn't do much for you.
1: It it, it really didn't. I mean, I'm, a, I'm right there with you on this one. They've even hyped it up that, Oh, you know, 10 years now, these guys have been, you know, 10 year rivalry and 10 years, this and 10 years that you're right. I've I've seen it over and yeah. over and over again for 10 years. I get it. You know, mm-hmm. I get it. Kofi Kingston. He's the talk of the town. Now he's gone out there. He defeated Randy Orton. Again, again yeah yeah very cool very cool to see i don't mind kofi is the champ it's cool would i like to have seen randy orton with the belt again sure at some point i would love to see that before he's finally done and retired mm-hmm. give him just another little run with the championship would be cool in my eyes but it just a typical match i mean i think it played out exactly as it should have mm-hmm. both guys went out there gave it their all i think it was a really decent match everything was spot on like it should be with these two it was just a just a regular match. It was typical. Yeah.
0: Does, do you think that this uh, over and over of Randy not being able to beat a guy like Kofi Kingston does that damage him at all? Because I think it does
1: a little bit. I don't think it does at all. Not at all. Yeah.
0: It's it's one of those tough things where it's it's like having Ray Mysterio. I know this is maybe. Uh, kind of going a little too far with it, but it's like having Rey Mysterio being the big show, right? Where you have a guy like Kofi, who is a much smaller dude. I know Randy's not the biggest guy out there, but, you know, with with the prestige that he has and all the championships to, to not be able to get a win over little Kofi Kingston, it's a, yeah, it makes it tough to, um, for him to have a case for having another title shot.
1: Maybe, maybe not. I mean, look at Ric Flair. Ric Flair went out there and did that numerous times. Yeah. Numerous times. He went out there and he, you know, he, was, he wasn't always the biggest guy out there, but he'd win. Mm-hmm. And then there were times where he was out there and he just, he lost and he lost and he lost and he lost. And then, wait, what? Yeah. He holds the most World Heavyweight Championship title reigns? Mm-hmm. Really? So, I mean, does this damage Randy Orton? Not at all. Yeah. Randy Orton has proven himself more than once, time and time again, that he is the Viper. He is the guy. So, because he's having an off time, doesn't mean that he's damaged. Yeah. I
0: just feel that at, at this point now, especially coming into what's going to be, we mentioned this uh, deal with Fox and, and SmackDown. I just I, I really feel that at this point, Randy should be the biggest heel champion in the company and that would be such a great right? position I mean, for him.
1: Yeah, you know what? Definitely. I I agree with that. Um does it have to happen before we go to to Fox? No, it doesn't have to. Yeah. Why 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 can't it happen after we go to Fox? Because now you're going to hype people up with Kofi Kingston and get people to start watching the show on Friday nights on Fox because yeah, he's, he's, he's the guy that's, you know, he's super hyper. He's out there. He's, you know, flamboyant and, and, and all of this stuff. He's the hype man. He's got it all. And that's, what's going to bring people in. And then they're going to start seeing, oh, wait, he's having this feud thing with this Randy Orton guy. Hey, wait, I kind of like this Randy Orton. Oh my God. Did Randy Orton just win that world heavyweight championship belt? man, the bad guy won. And then you're going to have people excited because the bad guy won. Or you're going to have people pissed off because the bad guy won. And then they're going to want to watch to see the good guy win the belt back from the bad guy. It's just, (laughs) it's all logistics, man.
0: Yeah. Yep. We shall see uh, who's going to, going into that, who's going to be the champion and who's going to be the bigger draw? Because, I mean, this is definitely going to get some more attention from people who are mainly just sports fans. You know, it'll even go as far as uh, when we post this episode on social media here. If you're more of a sports fan who's just kind of an occasional wrestling fan, who would you rather see be the WWE champion going into Fox? Would you like to
1: see Kofi Kingston or would you like to see Randy Orton? Let us know what you think. Yeah, guys, hit us up on all of our social medias at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let us know. Absolutely.
0: So let's uh, get through these next uh, couple uh, matches here, folks. So we do have a few more things that we want to get to before our showstopper this week. I think we're running a little bit long this week, but that's fine. Uh, we had Eric Rowan versus Roman Reigns in that no disqualification match that we made reference to earlier. And yeah, this is what you would expect from a no DQ match. Definitely not the outcome that I would have expected because, um, I felt there's only kind of one way to go with this, but we saw somebody come back kind of out of nowhere, so to speak. And I mean, kind of out of nowhere, because this guy to most rep- like most of what I was seeing was basically done. We had Luke Harper coming out of nowhere all the reports were saying that this guy was on the verge of being done with the company and now, boom,
1: makes his presence known, sorry. And I am so happy that Luke Harper is back. And I mean, not even just because he came out and helped yeah. Eric Rowan defeat Roman Reigns. Yes, people, you heard that right. Eric Rowan defeated yep. Roman Reigns, the big dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Luke Harper has so much talent. Yeah. And I'm glad that he's able to come back and, you know, work with the company and give us some good wrestling again. This guy really knows how to work in the ring. He's got that big size. He's got that presence to him. He's got almost that little bit of a crazy type of, of look and demeanor yeah. to him. It just works. And I'm so happy about it. Um, but, yeah, the match itself, typical no disqualification match. You saw tables break in. You saw, you know, all of this stuff happening on the outside. Very typical. It wasn't anything hardcore, mm-hmm. um, which which I'm OK with. Yeah, totally OK with. It's not like they started pulling out kendo sticks and tables and chairs and ladders and all of this type of stuff. They just had a good no DQ match. Yeah. Worked fine for me. Um, but, again... This match should not have been on this pay-per-view. There was no championship in this and that is what a clash of champions or a night of champions should be. Yeah. Is just championship matches. I agree.
0: And to end off the evening, we had for the WWE universal championship, we had Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman. Uh, for me, the big highlight of this wasn't so much the match. It was, it was a decent match. It was your, your typical Braun Strowman match. I thought uh, you know it was a really well-worked match. It wasn't too long. wasn't too short. Uh, Braun worked a really good big-man-style match. Some cool stuff in there. But, of course, the big highlight is once the match is done and Seth Rollins is on the ramp, The Fiend makes his presence known. Uh, and I think we can assume at this point that he is coming for that Universal Championship
1: I definitely agree with you there everything about this match was good it was a typical braun strowman type of match it was actually a typical Seth Rollins type of match as yep, well absolutely the two of these guys really worked together so well um, Seth Rollins defeating braun strowman which I I'm so pissed off about <laughs> I mean I'm I'm just I want Braun Strowman to have that championship. I want yeah. Braun Strowman to be world or universal champion. Please, at some point, this needs to happen. Mm-hmm. But the ending of this match, like you talked about, up on the ramp, we see the lights go out, and I'm sitting there with the wife, and I'm going, oh, my God, is this Taker, or is this, or is this Bray Wyatt? Yeah. Who is it? And then we find out that it was The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, amazing. And it just, the, the lights and the sounds and everything that was going on with it. And then to see him give Seth Rollins, the sister Abigail,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then just standing over top of him at the end, it was just so well done. One question for you uh,
0: at the very, very end of that with the, the mandible claw. I, I like that he, that he's taken that as a uh, kind of almost like a, uh, that second kind of finishing move. Did you feel that that part was overdone, like a little bit oversold, or was that was that spot on?
1: Spot on. Yeah, for to me, spot on. I don't think it was oversold. I mean,
0: it felt a little much to me. Like I don't think he had to be like, doing all that. That that felt a little too extreme there for me.
1: That Seth Rollins. Yeah, it's that I've come to expect that with yeah. Seth Rollins. So. For me, that it, it's not that that was too much, yeah. but I, I'm seeing that that's Seth Rollins. That's Cause I,
0: all. Because I think back to Joy Janela selling the paper cut thing, where we felt that was overdone, right? And, and for me, I didn't I didn't think that that was overdone. For for me, I think he went a little too much before, but I, it didn't take away from the moment. So I'll uh, I will give him a pass on that one. Good, <laughs> so going from that, Carl, to some before we get to uh, actually an interesting topic uh, for this week, uh, talk a little bit of NXT stuff here, which was actually kind of cool. They actually did a little promo during the show for NXT, which they never do, uh, which has always been mind boggling to me. But they were definitely promoting NXT now. A, a couple interesting things coming up with NXT uh, regarding two names first one, Johnny Gargano. Yeah, it looks like he Looks like they maybe they wanted to bring him up to either Raw or SmackDown, but he is going to be staying in NXT, and I am perfectly fine with that.
1: Me too. Yeah, uh, yeah. At this point, I mean, would Johnny Gargano fit on either Raw or SmackDown? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely would. Yep. But you're taking NXT and moving it to the USA Network. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to take? one of your biggest draws in NXT right now and take them off of that show. Bingo. Yeah.
0: Now, another name that looks like might be going back over to Sue, uh, I want to say SmackDown to NXT. And this is one that I'm really, really happy and would be very cool with Kevin Owens. Um, I would love to see a match between him and Adam Cole. um, that raises another question, too, with Adam Cole being the current WWE NXT champion going into this uh, deal with uh, USC, USA TV and 205 Live basically being integrated into NXT. I think that we need to get that belt on another guy because Adam Cole is in cruiserweight territory, so this could be a, a little bit of a, of a strange thing when you have the 205 cruiserweight guys over there and then you have a guy who's the NXT champion who is a cruiserweight I
1: think at this point what they've really done though is that with the cruiserweights it's not going to be just relegated to those that are under 205 pounds okay the belt is going to be just like another championship title belt that's being defended against guys of similar size if that's the case Um, you need to change the name of it and they might i mean i i Mm -hmm. I don't know at this point what's going to happen with it but from reports that i've read is that it's not going to have those like big different Mm -hmm. stipulations of you know you have to be under 205 and blah 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 and Mm -hmm. this and that or whatever right um it's just gonna you know kind of be another another belt that's on there that's going to hopefully get a little bit more showcase because it's now going to be on like national television um having to change the you know the holder of the nxt heavyweight championship Rey mysterio held the world heavyweight championship yeah so what's where's the difference?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there certain people. I guess you can suspend your disbelief there, but uh, with with the cruiserweight title itself, I I really think uh, if you're going to go, especially the angle that you're you're pitching there, I think you you take that and you unify that with the North American title, and and just make one. Uh, maybe just, maybe just go with the North American title if if you're going to open it up to people over the the weight limit, then. I think you have to make a change there because then I won't say that, that that doesn't take away from the credibility of that championship, but then it doesn't become a true cruiserweight championship title.
1: And and again, you're looking way too much into this. It's not like they're going to be having a 350 pound guy working mm-hmm. for the cruiserweight championship. Yeah, uh, it's they're just not going to be like focusing on underneath this weight limit is all that it is. So right. They're going to have guys of the same size, the same stature, going for that championship belt just without a weight limit stipulation.
0: Yeah, we'll see what they choose to do with it. Um, I I just want it to be good, you know, because obviously when we heard the news about this, our our immediate concern was for XT being good. So I hope that that it ends up being good and that uh, hopefully this 205 thing will help
1: facilitate that too. I hope so as well. And we need to we need to consider as well that NXT is going to be going to two hours on the USA network Mm -hmm. as opposed to the one hour that they were given on uh, the WWE network. So to add in now all the cruiserweights in there as well Mm -hmm. is not only going to allow the cruiserweights to be able to showcase what they can do against the cruiserweight champion and against the North American champion, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to have these guys that are able to now from NXT be able to go and face off against other cruiserweight or 205 Live superstars. So it's really going to open things up for all of them. And I think it's going to be a very good positive.
0: I hope so, because I'm still very much on the fence with it going to two hours. I really felt with that one hour, that was such a sweet spot for you know, sitting down and watching a wrestling show. I mean, that's how long Ring of Honor is and whatnot. So going to two hours, I just hope that we don't start seeing too many backstage stuff and vignettes and stuff and, and whatnot. So that, that, that's another one of my fears. Damn, I love that hour time slot. That just, that's perfect amount of time to sit down, watch some good wrestling, and then get out.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, again, I think that that's the reason why they're bringing – the cruiserweight or the 205 stars over as well because yeah. both shows were an hour long. So now you've got two hours to fill. Let's use all the capable superstars that we've got. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, put on a good two hour show.
0: <laughs> Cause damn, man, it's going to start getting crowded here. When, when AEW starts, um, airing weekly, we're going to have that to watch. If Access TV becomes available in Canada, we're going to have a really good way to watch Impact and possibly New Japan again. And, and who knows, maybe, uh, Women of Wrestling, maybe they'll get a major platform to be on and we'll have that to watch too. It's getting really crowded, uh, closer to the top here, so... Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a lot yeah. of damn wrestling to watch and I just hope that it's all good. That's I that's, hope so. Too. That's all my that's my my only thing. So, before we do our showstopper segment uh, this week Carl, I dug up something here that uh, I hoping that you had a chance to read it because it actually goes back on a something that we had hinted back a fair ways back and I think it was when we had uh, our own uh, Ryan K Bowman on and this has to do basically with labor rights and, and whatnot when it comes to wrestlers here. And um, a specific bill that is um, said to be you know, at least discussed or passed or whatnot over in California, it's called uh, Bill AB-5. And this basically, to kind of give you the short version of this, they basically they want wrestlers in a professional wrestling company to essentially be employees. Now, this is an idea... Uh, now we can get into more detail, but my, my big thing with this is that th- this works for a big company or a big conglomerate, like a WWE, you know, like a, a new Japan, maybe AEW to a certain extent, you know, to provide healthcare and pensions and, and, and whatnot for these wrestlers. But when we start going down the ladder to say like ring of honor to say like impact and then, you know, down to like CWE here in Canada, ignite wrestling with Kim Artlib down in Florida, they could go bankrupt. Something like this gets put into place and then it starts to spread. That's the concern.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it is a definite concern. I mean, there's always going to be ways to to kind of go around this. Um, my, myself, you know, I am an independent security professional. Mm-hmm. I own my security license. Correct. Which means that Correct. I can go and work for any company that I want. Mm-hmm. Now when i say any company i want i mean that in ontario because that's where my license is i can go and work for six different security companies if i want to and i am employed by all six of these security companies i think it's going to be essentially the same thing like you can be employed casual work Mm -hmm. with ignite wrestling you can be employed casual work with House of Hardcore. You can be employed casual work with Ring of Honor. That's all it is. It's you have casual work. You're in, You're an employee on a casual basis. Yeah.
0: And, you know, especially when you start getting up to these more notable names, not necessarily in WWE, they get paid a significant amount of change. And I understand that the, the argument for some of these people, you know, when we've, we've heard of some of these names of, of people who have really... Uh, You know, had issues like draws, for example, you know, the guy's basically paralyzed and some of these people that have had issues happen, you know, whether it be things that they're choosing to do themselves, you know, with drugs and alcohol and whatnot, you can make the argument for, you know, labor rights, you know, like pensions and healthcare and that kind of stuff. Some of these guys are getting paid a significant amount of money to do this stuff, though. So it more comes down to just uh, as an independent contractor, be able to manage that. You know, and we see it in sports too, and uh, famous people forgetting to pay their taxes and whatnot. So these are th- all things that uh, you're responsible as an independent contractor to do yourself. And if things are going wrong in that respect, you really got nobody to blame but yourself for not managing things properly.
1: Exactly. I mean, I fully right. agree with that. Um, I, I do kind of want to touch on you talking about the whole health care and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Even even here where we are. If you're a part time employee. Yeah, there normally is not part time benefits. Typically, yes. Yeah, that's correct. If you're a casual employee, there typically is never any casual benefits mm-hmm. that are available. Benefits are available for full time employees mo- for, for the majority I have worked where I've been able to pay into part-time benefits. Cool. Awesome. Thank you very much to the companies that uh, allowed me to do that. Mm-hmm. But in in this instance, I mean, that's all that they really have to do. They just have to go through and allow that the um, agreement and that the employment agreement says that it is casual work. Right. And it, therefore, if it's casual work, there is no need for health care in the casual position right there's always ways around it
0: oh yeah for sure and I, I think this is a, a topic that you know m- amongst fans and, and pundits and analysts and stuff like that it, it, it's really definitely not everybody feels the same way I, I would say it's it's, per, it's split pretty 50-50 of people who like the idea and think that's a good thing or people that are just flat out against it for me I, I'm I, I actually kind of find myself kind of somewhere in the middle And I I think you're almost kind of in that, on that same wavelength there, Carl, that uh, uh, I like the idea of it, but it doesn't necessarily work in all, in every case.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're right. It doesn't work in every case. And I mean, even if like they're talking, you're, you're talking about this stuff, maybe being, you know, pushed into other States and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that's the way to get around things. Um, if it does happen, don't sweat it yeah. find the work around and go around it that's about the best advice that I can give on that yeah that's good sound advice uh, I would agree
0: all right Carl I think we're gonna take our, a, a bit of a brief break here and we're gonna come back with I think it should be an interesting showstopper segment this week and it's going to revolve the women's evolution specifically in uh, WWE and whatnot and how we feel that things have been going so far with that so stay tuned we'll be right back This week's episode is brought to you by Caller & Elbow. Go to brand.com where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKpodcast at the checkout, including this week's featured product, the Who'd You Ever Beat t-shirt. Alright guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk.
1: Yes, we are, guys, and we are at that great time in our show. We are at our show stopper segment. Yeah.
0: So, this week, Carl, I think we're going to have a bit of an interesting discussion here, and this has to do with the women's evolution going to be mainly talking in WWE when it comes to this. we can touch on the other promotions and how they're doing with this as well, if we want to, but mainly in WWE, we want to discuss how we feel that the women's evolution has been going, whether it's been a success, whether it's been a flop or whether it's fallen somewhere in the middle. You want me to go first on this curl or do you want to give your take on it first?
1: I want to give the take of a listener first, actually, so I was having a discussion with someone else today about the pay-per-view and this person said that he feels that the uh, women are just kind of falling apart and that, uh, you know, there isn't as much of a, um, not necessarily a push, but there, there isn't just give me two seconds here. I mean, yep. Uh, he asked how, you know, he said that he didn't really like the pay-per-view a whole lot too too much mm-hmm. um uh, i said you know what it had some good points and it wasn't all bad um he was a little upset that uh two belts changed hands um or only two belts changed hands so yeah. he was looking for a little bit more to change hands um <clears throat> Wait, what is it? I don't care. I don't care. He said that he enjoyed the women's matches, and I yeah. said I did, too. You know, I liked how uh, how they allowed Becky and Sasha to go all over the place. That was pretty cool. He says, yeah, I think uh, to step up the women's division, they need to ride with the four horsewomen thing again. Mm. And I said, you know what, like, it it would be cool, but I don't think that um, the the, the two MMA girls from NXT are really up to it yet to be able to come up and do that. And he says he he understands. He just he thinks it sucks. Um, He says, I just feel they don't care about the women as much as they did anymore, Mm. Um, which I kind of retorted with him. And I said, you know, like, I don't think think that it's that I think that they're just not throwing it in our face as much as they did in the beginning. Um, I don't see that it's really declining from where it has come from with the whole evolution thing. I think that they're just not throwing it at us every 30 minutes like they have been before. Um, was it a good thing? I think it was a phenomenal thing here for the, uh, for the evolution. Um, was it, you know, like a waste or or anything like that? I, I really don't think so. Uh, was it a flop? no was it a success? I I definitely, yeah, I think it was a success. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts and those are thoughts from a, yeah, from a listener as well. So now Joe, what are your thoughts?
0: I, I write somewhere in the middle as I tend to do on some of these kind of topics here. I, I I won't say that that that's been a a total flop and I won't say that's been a total success either. My issue kind of stems more from when this whole women's evolution started, that I felt that they tried to do too much too quickly, you know, getting all these landmark things done, like the first women's uh, elimination chamber and Hell in the Cell. Just it felt like they tra- tried to cram so much of that into a short period of time that I felt that they almost kind of ran out of steam. You now, when, when we look at this show, the shortest match on the card is the wo- is a women's match between Bailey and Charlotte Flair. It should be two of the the marquee women's mat uh, sorry women's wrestlers in the company. Shortest match of the of the whole whole show so it just it it felt like they did too much too quick and then now we're like we're running out of ideas because we just we we just did too much
1: yeah i would i would have to disagree okay Uh, i mean i i i think that they're still continuing on and doing and doing good things sure because one match was short now we're gonna crap all over everything no that's just... just crazy to think um i, I just no found that time they, constraints yeah. and stuff like that i mean you had all these championship matches mm-hmm. being defended on this show what was the big one the big one was sasha banks mm-hmm. versus becky lynch yeah 20 minute match ends in no disqualification They're showcased going through the entire arena, beating the crap out of each other Mm -hmm. with the crowd at the end. Again, as I mentioned before, chanting, let them fight. That was the big highlight. And it was the women. Mm -hmm. They weren't saying, let them fight to, you know, um, uh, the main event of the match for the Universal Championship. They weren't chanting, let them fight after that. They weren't chanting, let them fight. When you know the fiend came out, mm-hmm. they were chanting. Yes, they, they 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 were they were very happy and vocal about Bray Wyatt coming out. But who got the biggest pop out of all of that? It was the women. Yeah. So, so just because one match on the show was short. Oh no.
0: It's, it's, it's not just the, the show. Like I said, my bigger issue was I think they tried to get too many of those firsts, like those first big moments, like the first wins WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania match, first uh, Elimination Chamber match, Hell in a Cell match, and all that. I think that they tried to get too many of those first milestone things happening too quickly. I think that they could have spread it over a much bigger time and have been a lot more effective than getting it, cramming all that stuff from that, that first year or two and then running out of steam.
1: But you're saying that they're running out of steam right now. Mm -hmm.
0: Because all the firsts have already been accomplished. So you figure that they still
1: have their steam if we're doing the first WrestleMania women's main event happening four years from now?
0: No, I'm just saying that they didn't need to cram all these first milestone things into just that first year or
1: two. I think they should have spaced it out more. But that's but that's what I'm saying. Do you think that spacing it out really would have made that Mm -hmm. much of a difference? Or do you think people would have would have gotten, uh, you know, tired of the novelty of the women all the time? And then these firsts would never have happened.
0: Uh, I, I think that just it would have been better to, and I think you would have had more anticipation as well to let it happen over a longer course uh, period of time. Cause then there would have been like, well, we're still waiting, you know, for this first elimination chamber match. It just it, it felt like they, they just they, they rushed too many of those firsts in there
1: right off the bat. Yeah, uh, And unfortunately, again, I, or, or fortunately, I don't know, however you want to look at yeah. it. I, I disagree. Yeah. I think that the people would have gotten tired of waiting because mm-hmm. how long have they waited already yeah. for these firsts for the women's division?
0: Cause it would have been like, like let's, let's say for example, if they would have already have had, um, well, let's rewind the, the clock. Say Ric Flair, uh, wrestling in, in his first two years have already been like a 10 time champion. It would have been just like too much in just that short period of time. Whereas him winning all those titles over a long span of time
1: just feels a lot a lot better. That's right. Okay. And but you're you're comparing, as you like to say, apples to oranges here. Mm. We're talking the male wrestler who has been able to go out there and showcase and get absolutely everything yeah. to the female wrestlers who have been around since the same time that Ric Flair has been there without getting any accomplishments at all. True. So now, how much longer do we have to wait for these women who are now getting a push and getting this large boost? Mm -hmm. How much longer do we have to wait for these firsts to happen? Are we going to wait another 10, 15, 20 years before these firsts happen? Even no. if it's only four or five years, people are gonna be like, When is this happening already? Mm-hmm. I don't even care now because yeah, I've I've waited, you know, forty plus years for this stuff to happen yeah. so that they get on the same level yeah. as the men. And we, now I'm still waiting. I don't care anymore. Just yeah. <laughs> whatever.
0: Yeah. Well we don't need to wait that long, but I mean just and, and there's some stuff that's happened because of big names that have left, you know, the two big ones to to make note of, AJ Lee and of course now Chris Jericho that uh, they need to pile up some wins and stuff here to uh, basically erase them from history. Like, obviously, they did that with uh, Nikki Bella. Um, can't believe that I'm actually mentioning her, but uh, they did that to try and erase A.J. Lee from the record books, and now they seem to want to do that with uh, Chris Jericho in the Intercontinental title. So uh, that's something to take into uh, to account with uh, this kind of stuff here, too. I know slightly kind of off-topic there, but um, just a... a I think that those first would have just felt much more special if they didn't just happen like bang, 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 like right in a row like that. And I think a spaced over time
1: just makes it feel a lot more special and legendary over time. And possibly you're right. I, my, my view is I think that it would have not gotten over as well as it did. And I think that people would have totally lost interest and been like, we've been asking for this for years and you're still not giving it to us. Come on, we're done.
0: Yeah, because uh, I mean to make a, a reference to let's say AEW here. If they try and do too much in this first year, you know they could run up out potentially out of, out of ideas if they try and do too many firsts and too many of these big matchups and everything uh, right off the bat. You know, you run into the situation where people could lose interest.
1: There's always that again potential, with that, that though, potential I think you're comparing apples to oranges. We're talking you know, a women's division that's been around for ever mm-hmm. to a company that's only within its first year.
0: Yeah. But I mean, when I'm talking, uh, the women in WWE, I'm talking more recently. Like I'm, I'm not saying I'm throwing out like the early, early days, but I mean the, 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 the span of years before where it was like the bra and panty matches and the, uh, pillow fight matches and the chocolate cake and mud matches. Like I, I'm kind of leaving that aspect of it out. I'm talking women's evolution. Like when, you know, Bailey, Sasha, and them really started uh, coming to prominence. I'm, I'm counting that as the women's evolution era.
1: No, no. And I, and, and no. I totally understand that. I, I'm, I, maybe, maybe I'm not clear. I think that this whole women's evolution or revolution or whatever you want to call it yep. should have started years ago. Oh, I agree, I agree with that a hundred percent. I agree with that a hundred percent and and now they're making up for it is what's happening so they're throwing all of with. these firsts out there yeah. because for so long people have been like what the heck dude yeah. like when yeah. are you going to actually let these women go out there and, and 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 do you know actual wrestling and be involved yeah. in these matches that the men are involved yeah. in as well and stuff yeah. like that right I I personally, I don't think that they went too fast with any of it. I'm happy with the way that it's all gone. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you disagree. And there's probably others out there that uh, disagree with me as well. And that's perfectly fine because we are all entitled to our opinions. And that's what we love about doing podcasts.
0: Uh, I do get your approach, too, uh, for taking women's wrestling as a whole then yeah, I can definitely see that, that, that perspective for sure. Um, but, uh, with the recent, just, uh, damn, I wish that, that they could have spaced it a little bit more, but Hey, to each their own, to me, it felt a little rushed. Carl's cool with it. And, um, that's just the way it is.
1: That's right guys. So <laughs> that's how it is in the podcasting world. Sometimes yes. we agree, sometimes we disagree, but one thing that big Joe and I can agree on is that we love our gear that we have from Collar and Elbow. You got to go and check out CollarAndElbowBrand.com where you can get 10% off your entire purchase when you use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That that was uh, probably one of the best segues of all time there. The way you transitioned over that, that was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Carl, well, I guess that about wraps it up un- Unless the, uh, the world has uh, um, Turned on its head while we've been recording But I don't think any breaking news has happened this week So, uh, having said that I guess it's about time to wrap it up
1: That's right, and we'll see you on the next
0: one Yeah, have a good one
1: It's me, it's me It's the r and The Beat As you can tell in the background, we are out Celebrating, that is what we do here And hitting the marks back top i like everyone to To continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have free content, especially led up by the flagship show, Getting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at GettingTheMarks.com. Right.